Today, I want to give you more of a practical teaching on seven basic steps to ministry. Now, these seven things I'm going to tell you are some of the most important things that you need to know, especially if you're starting a ministry. But one of the things that I love about teachings like this is that even for those of us who've been in ministry for a long time, I've been in ministry now over 40 years, uh, I need a refresher course to remind me of these kinds of things because it's like building a foundation. And if you ever lose that foundation, um, it, it begins to, everything begins to crumble that you've built on top of it. So these are the basic steps, especially for those who are just starting their ministry. Okay, so let's, let's get into this. This is an exciting teaching that it's got a lot of scripture in it, but it also has a lot of very important uh, practical principles for your life as well. Uh, the first one that I want to talk about is first, you have to win the war in the spiritual. Now, that cannot be understated. There's a lot of people that think that ministry is won in a classroom. They think that ministry is won, the battles of ministry are won in reading a new book, hearing a, an, an influencer, a Christian influencer, and they're just gaining from their wisdom. But you have to realize that in ministry, there is a spiritual battle always, always above your head. And if you don't win in the spiritual, you can't win any other place. You can have education on your side. You can have talent on your side. You can have a dream team all around you. But spiritual warfare can still beat you down if you don't win there. So never underestimate the power of prayer and fasting. You know, Joshua was given the land. Now think about that. God gave him the land, but it took 31 battles to occupy the land. He had to come up against many cities and many, um, many armies and fight them just to get something God had given to him. So just because God has given you a ministry and God has given you the anointing and God has given you an open door and given you opportunity does not mean that it's going to come without a few battles. And battles are necessary. They strengthen you. They teach you. You know, um, the Bible talks about iron sharpening iron. Well, you think about that phrase for a moment. Friends sharpen friends as iron sharpens iron. But when do you sharpen iron? When you're trying to make a sword or a knife uh, stronger or more useful. So it's when iron is pulling against other iron that's knocking off the raw edges. So battles are going to knock off the edges and make you edgier. It's gonna make you stronger and sharper and ready for everything ahead of you. You know, I, I sit in the seat of an old prophet every day here in the T.O. Lowry Ministry Center where ISO is is uh, occupied today, occupied rather. I'm here in the ISO studio filming this, uh, teaching for you. And um, I'm always reminded of Dr. Lowry every time I sit in his seat. Now his furniture is, is his family's, but they allowed me to keep his chair. So I still sit in the old prophet's chair at my desk every day. And oftentimes I think about how Dr. Lowry faced life and ministry. Uh, one of the things that we moved out of the office whenever they were moving his things out is a cup that I was told was his ice cup. And you probably have never heard of an ice cup, neither had I. But Dr. Lowry did a lot of fasting. 
he would fast 40 days. Many times he fasted 40 days. And each time he would do that, he would chew on ice because it was a water fast. Uh, he didn't drink coffee. He didn't eat soups. It wasn't just, you know, a Daniel fast. It was a total food and drink fast with the exception of water. And so he would chew on those ice chips to help him during this time of seeking God. He was fighting a spiritual battle. And of course, the Lord gave him many successes as he has many other people. So here's the first one. Again, you must first win the war in the spiritual before anything else is done. Here's the next thing. If you're going to do ministry, you need to build on a solid biblical foundation. Now, I want to tell you, it's easy nowadays to preach sermons without a Bible. Did you ever think you would hear somebody say that? Well, unfortunately, it's true. There's a lot of books. There's sermon outline books and there's the Internet. And if you choose never to read your Bible, but to talk about the Bible, you can choose a text and preach topical sermons every single week and never have to read the whole Bible. I've had many ministers confess to me, you know, I've never read the whole Bible all the way through. Well, I want to tell you, if you're going to do ministry God's way, you need to get God's words in your mind and in your, in your head. You need to speak what God speaks. You know, the Bible says, thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Kingdom culture begins with the Word of God. You have to know what God has said about everything in order to infuse kingdom culture on this earth. So I want to make some suggestions to you. Start reading your Bible every day. Start listening to your Bible every day. You know, there's some wonderful audio Bibles now. You can get in your car every day and listen to the Bible. There are a Bible, the Bible experience, which is something I love to listen to. Many times when I'm getting dressed, I will listen to the Bible experience, which is the Bible kind of being acted out. It's got, it's got music. It's got several voices and readers. It's got sound effects. It feels like you're there in that moment when the Bible is being written. And I love the Bible experience. Um, listen to other sermons from other teachers. I was, I was listening to a, a great speaker the other day. And this speaker said, I listen to five sermons a day. I thought, wow, I don't do that. I, I do listen to probably one uh, to five every two or three days. But sometimes you need to listen to other preachers preach and sometimes even yourself preach. But get the word of God inside of you. Get teaching inside of you. Get the Bible inside of you. Here's another thing. When you hear someone speak, you should be taking notes. Yes, you can agree with them. You can raise your hand. But if you ever see me in a church service, I've got my iPad out and I'm writing the whole time because I know I'm not going to remember everything that God just said to me in that moment. So I have to take notes. So take notes. As a matter of fact, try to outline the sermon. It's a great practice. Try to outline the sermon as the speaker is speaking to see if they're speaking an expository or a topical or a one-point outline or a three-point outline or a narrative sermon. There's a lot of ways to structure a sermon and see if you can figure out how they structured the sermon that they're teaching to you. The Bible says in Matthew 13 and 12, for whoever has to him more will be given and he will have, a, have an abundance. 
But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. Now, if you think that's about houses and money in your bank, then you've, you've greatly mistaken. It's about one thing, the Bible. Read the verses preceding that. It's talking about the Word of God. If you've got the Word of God inside of you and God gives you something, you've got something to hang on to. You've got something to hold on to. But if you have no Word of God inside of you and you hear something, if someone even refers to a simple Bible story that you've never heard before, you need to look that up. Otherwise, it, you won't remember it. You will not retain it. Our frontal lobes that help us rebuild our, our, our memories have to be, it takes them time to be baked in. You do not retain everything you hear. You do not retain everything you see and read. It takes a while for you to learn. So, so the Bible says that if you don't have any scripture inside of you, this passage in Matthew 13 and 12, if you don't have any Bible inside of you, even when you get the Bible, you're going to forget it. The, the parable of the sower, the birds come and steal the seed. The bird, he said, is the devil. He will come and steal the seed of the word that's been planted in you before it can even get rooted. The only way to prohibit that is to get the word inside of you. It has to stay in you. So recapping what we've talked about so far, you've got to win the war of the spiritual. But the next thing you have to do is build a biblical foundation a biblical foundation, not a churchy foundation, a religious foundation, a biblical foundation. Get a solid, uh, a solid foundation of the Bible inside of you. Now, here's the third thing you need to do. You need to start serving, especially if you're just starting in ministry. You're going to learn more about ministry by doing ministry than you're ever going to learn about from reading ministry or hearing other people talk about ministry. You have to get started somehow. Um, I remember whenever I was in, at Lee College many, many years ago, um, I joined a group called Pioneers for Christ. Uh, I, I'm not sure if they're there at Lee University anymore. They, they possibly could be. But um, I remember joining this group just so I could get involved in ministry. Now, my assignment was to go to the Bradley County Nursing Home and preach every Thursday. I had to do two things. I had to walk from room to room and encourage people and pray for them. And then I had to preach at this gathering. And many times we would push the residents down. And, you know, I don't know if you've ever done much nursing home preaching, but it, it's not the most lively amen corner you'll ever get. And some of the people are sleeping on you. Sometimes you're just getting, you're just getting a few warm bodies in the room, but there's always one or two people there that are hanging on to every word. And so even though you've, you're getting great experience from preaching to a, you know, 20, 30 people in a room, you're actually ministering to a handful of people that that's the only church they can go to now. It's the only Bible study they're ever going to get. And they are always so appreciative. But you've got to get started. And those years of nursing home ministry as a college freshman began to mold me and teach me things that I still no, today. I saw people healed. I preached some lousy sermons in those days, <laughs> but I learned, I failed forward from a lot of those sermons. And I realized I was so glad that I was with a, a group of people that were filled with grace and were happy that I was there. Than if I was in a regular church service where people came, um, 
expecting something more than I can give them in that season. You have to get started. I, I'll never forget some of my friends in college. You know, I, I was preaching every weekend. I was preaching on Thursdays. Then I would go out and preach every weekend as a, as a college evangelist and even planted a church in my sophomore year of college. I even planted a church in Knoxville, Tennessee uh, as a college student. But what I remember, and then I became a youth pastor. So all of this while I was still in college. But what I remember is I had so many friends that, that were ministry students that never had any experience. And the day they graduated, they couldn't preach a sermon. They didn't know how to pray for people. They didn't know how to encourage people. They didn't know how to do the simplest things that I had learned all during my college experience from just serving. You, know, you can serve your way into rooms that you don't have titles to get into. So if you want to start ministry, serve somewhere in ministry because you'll grow from that. Thank you so much for supporting our ministry. If this has blessed you, please say a prayer for us. And if you would like to give, we have four ways that you can do that. You can give online at briancutshaw.com. Or if you're a PayPal user, just PayPal us at Church Trainer. Or you can also give through the mail at P.O. Box 267, Georgetown, Tennessee, 37336. Or if you're a Venmo user, you can Venmo us also at Church Trainer. Thank you, and God bless you. And may the Lord multiply your seed. Now back to Hope in the Word. Okay, here's the fourth thing. You need to study. Now, 2 Timothy 2 and 15. Now, I learned this in the King James Version, so I'm going to quote it to you from the King James Version. Study to show thyself approved unto God a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. I realized from that verse, I use the New King James now that says it very similarly, be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, who can rightly divide the word of truth. So it's the same thing. So I realized that studying is a big part of preaching. <laughs> Have you ever heard preachers try to preach who didn't study or teachers try to teach or singers try to sing who didn't prepare? There is a difference. There is a big difference. So I realized that not only do I need to get filled with the word, not only do I need to pray and not only do I, I need to serve, but I need to study. So I, I started something years ago and I, I have my laptop here in front of me and I can't show this to you, but it's here right on my laptop. It's something I called, I have, I have two files. One is called Sermon Incubator. That's just what I call it. That means that I've got sermon bits, sermon thoughts, sermon half, you know, points that I can make. They're not sermons yet, but they're, they're sermons in the making. And if I had to guess right now, I would say I have about 300 of those right now that are potential sermons that I could preach eventually if I have the time and inspiration to, to get out that particular outline that I started working on. Some of those are completed. Some of these outlines are finished. I just have not preached them yet. So uh, I also have another file called Research File where I collect articles. I collect information. If I read something that I really like, I type it up, make notes, and put them in this research file so that I've always got a good place to pull my research from. Now, I have another file which is filled with sermon outlines that I have not used yet that I plan to preach 
But I have lots of those in that. I probably have a hundred in there. <laughs> some pastor is going to say, send those to me. And uh, sometimes I do give some of those away. But it's just this constant studying mode that I'm in as a speaker, as a preacher, as an itinerant speaker, but also as a, a Bible teacher here at ISO. I'm in this constant research mode that never ends and never goes away because I have to keep studying to show myself approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed. <clears throat> now I have Bible apps. I have notes in my Bible apps. I have lots of commentaries. Most of my commentaries now are electronic. I mean, I still have my books in my library because I have lots of those. But most of my commentaries are right here on my computer, and I can pull those in through my Bible programs. But if I don't study, and I, you know, I've heard preachers preach before that got up with a thought. Have you ever heard that? It's not a very good sermon. Sometimes it's them beating their breath against the wind and leaning on, you know, euphemisms and things they've said before. And it's, you know, you, you don't remember many of those sermons. You're not inspired by many of those sermons. It takes more than a good thought in the pulpit to teach people and disciple people and take people on a journey. That's one of the things I love about preaching. I love when a pastor does a series. Because people can learn more in a series about one subject than they can ever learn in hit and miss sermons. And listen, if the Holy Spirit can inspire the whole Bible, He can certainly inspire a series a few weeks in advance. So study to show yourself approved in the God of Workmen. So here's the fifth one. The fifth one is start speaking. Don't wait until somebody asks you to speak. Start speaking. Now, I told you earlier about speaking in the nursing homes, but I also had um, another place that I would go preach sermons. They called it back in my, where I was raised, they called it Brian's Mountain. Now, I didn't actually own the mountain, but it was a mountain that I would go pray on, pray and, and preach on. Um, I would, I climbed to the top of this uh, mountain and I cut down a, a tree and made it into a, a pulpit. So I took a chainsaw up there and actually created me a pulpit up on that mountain. And I would go up there with a backpack, lay down my Bible, take me a bottle of water, and I'd preach sermons because I was trying to get comfortable as a public speaker. I was lousy when I started. I, was, I fell flat of my face many, many times uh, when I started preaching it. <laughs> And occasionally, you know, I'm, I'm still not very happy with what I said. But I'll, I'll tell you that it took years of getting comfortable in front of people. And you just have to start speaking. I remember as a teenager, because I started preaching at the age of 17. And I was scared to death to preach. I, I, was, I was not very good at it. And I just had to learn. I was very enthusiastic. and But I just didn't have a lot of practice and I didn't have enough of the depth of God's word inside of me enough to explain God's word. I could preach topical type subjects, things I'd heard about most of my life. But again, I was quoting other people I'd heard preach as opposed to saying what the Lord was putting inside of me. So we had this three acre front yard when I was 17 and I would get on a riding lawnmower and the whole time I was riding, I was preaching. I imagine myself speaking in front of great crowds 
and I was preaching riding that lawnmower. I had horses I would ride, and I'd preach while I'd ride those horses. I would go on hikes, which I still love to do, and I would, I would, um, I would hike and preach while I was hiking. I still do things like that. I would go in my bedroom and practice. Even now on Saturday night, just about every Sunday I'm preaching somewhere, but every Saturday night of my life I'm preaching. Maybe not in a pulpit, many times in a hotel room, but I'm walking around with a Bible in my hand in a hotel room rehearsing this sermon, getting it in my spirit, getting it in my mind so that when I get up to speak it, it's not going to be something off the top of my head, but something that I have applied myself to. So you can't just study. You have to say it. You have to speak it out loud. So here's number six. Number six is lead something. Um, You are never going to learn how to lead until you lead. Zechariah 4 and 10 says, um, for who has despised the day of small things? You know what he's telling you there in Zechariah? Everything starts small. Lead a small group. Lead a Bible study. Lead, uh, you know, just lead. Find something that you can volunteer at. Lead a group of people. How are you going to sharpen your leadership skills? How are you going to sharpen your speaking skills? How are you going to sharpen your discipleship skills if you're just thinking about it? You have to do it. So lead something. Shadow other leaders. Intern somewhere. Be someone's apprentice. Take on an apprentice. Do something that helps you to lead. And then here's the seventh thing I want to talk about. Don't make any excuses for not doing ministry. Don't say, I don't have opportunity. There are always opportunities to minister. You do not have to have a pulpit and an invitation from a church to be a minister. You can preach in a Bible study, in a home prayer meeting, at a nursing home, at a rehab center, at the prison or jail. There are plenty of places to go do ministry that would welcome you to come in. You can do ministry by just living your life as a minister. You can find ministry in the Walmart parking lot. You can find ministry in a restaurant. You can find ministry at a hospital. You want to minister? Just go to the hospital and walk into the waiting room and look around. You get a whole room full of people that's open to ministry. All you have to say is I'm a chaplain and I'm here to encourage you. And you can sit down and talk with people and minister to them, share the gospel with them and win them to the Lord in lots of settings like that. Don't make excuses. People hear some of the common excuses people make for not doing ministry. Well, I'm not ready. Well, the Lord has not opened up any doors yet. Come on, really? The Lord's opened up every door to you. The Lord has not opened up doors. No doors have opened. What kind of doors are you waiting for to open? That means you haven't knocked on any doors. You know what the Bible says? Knock and it shall be open unto you. (laughs) Seek and you shall find. So if you're not seeking the doors and knocking on the doors, don't expect them to open. It doesn't work that way. You have to be knocking on those doors for those doors to open. Some people say, no one will give me a break. Well, as soon as you give me a scripture on that, I'll buy that one. But there's not a word in the Bible that says that. 
You think Jeremiah had a break in the pit? Daniel had a break in the lion's den? You think the Hebrew boys had a break in the, in the fiery furnace? Do you think the apostle Paul had a break in prison? No, you don't wait on a break to minister. You minister regardless of what it breaks. <laughs> and it will break a lot of things sometimes. Some people say, well, I don't have money. Well, the Bible, Jesus taught his disciples, throw away your, your money sack and go do ministry. It doesn't take money to do ministry. But if you do ministry, the money will come. That's how it works. Do ministry first and God will bless what you're doing. Well, some, some people say, well, I don't have any training. Well, that's why we have ISO. So if you don't have any training, go to ISO and get all the training you want. Learn the Bible. We have world-class teachers from around the world. That's why we have thousands of students and in over 72 countries of the world taking ISO courses. Go to ISO. Don't, don't make the excuse that you don't have training. There's lots of places to get training. Well, I don't have any experience, people, people will say. Well, you're never going to get any experience until you get started. Okay, so let me, give, let me recap these seven basic steps to ministry. First, win the war in the spiritual. That's so important. Next, you need a good biblical foundation. Build your ministry on the Word of God by getting the Word of God inside of you. Thirdly, start serving. Start serving somewhere. Fourthly, study to show yourself approved unto God a workman that needeth not to be ashamed Rightly dividing the word of truth, so study. Fifth, start speaking. Even if you have to do what I did and speak on a lawnmower, speak on the top of a mountain with nothing but squirrels and birds, speak, start saying it out loud. Lead something, number six. Just lead something. And number seven, don't make excuses for not doing ministry. So I'm gonna close this teaching by praying over your life in ministry and asking the Lord to help you. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will go before them, make the crooked places straight, make the mountains as a plain, as you said in your word. I pray, God, that you will put it in their spirit to take the risk to get out there and do ministry. I pray, Lord, that you will inspire them with the word of God. Let sermons start coming to them. Give them something like fire shut up in their bones, as Jeremiah said, something they have to say because it's in them. Don't let them waste another moment, another season of life making excuses. But I pray, Father, that you will embed something in them, energize them, open up their eyes, give them opportunity to do ministry. Bless them, anoint them for your glory in Christ's name. Amen. God bless you. This program is brought to you by the partners of Brian Cutshaw and Church Trainer Ministries. Please help us pray that the Lord will continue to send us more partners so we can expand His kingdom around the world.